The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Well, pleasant good morning. Trust you have your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Jude. The book of Jude will be there this morning. It is always wonderful to be here at Pensacola Christian College. So many warm memories here. Good to have my wife, I'm Susanna, with me at this time as well. We are in the book of Jude this morning. And if you have to ask which chapter, just turn. It's the, it's the book right before Revelation and you'll figure it out. So Jude, and we will start with verse number one in the book of Jude. You got it? You got it? Say amen. Oh boy, we got a long way to go today. All right, Jude chapter, okay, verse one. Jude, the servants of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares. The title of the message this morning is earnestly contending for the faith. Let's ask the Lord's help as we look at his word. Heavenly Father, we need your help today. Lord, we need to hear from you. These students need you. And so, Lord, would you use your word today in our hearts and may it take root and bear fruit. And so, Lord, protect this time, protect our hearts from the arrows and help us, Lord, to hear and know exactly what we need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, in my, my church in Nassau, Bahamas, we have a refocus program. It's called Refocus. It's a, it's a center where those who are suspended from high school in our area, um, especially the public schools, so if you're suspended from a public school, uh, for a certain period of time, they don't send you home to get into more trouble. They would send you to a center. Um, the churches kind of got together. It actually happened by, by the, the schools, the public schools calling the church and say, hey, here's, we have these, this young man who's being suspended. Would you be able to take him at your church? And then it became a whole program. So we actually are placed in our community. If you get suspended from um, high school, for any period of time, you're sent to us. So I get to see some of the roughest guys and ladies in our community, and I love it. Uh, I don't get to counsel, of course, with all of them. There's, there's too many for my schedule. But recently, two, two would come to mind even right now as I'm preparing even for this message, is I had a, a young man, um, actually last week, the end of last week, come to me, and usually I, I find out, no, he was in grade nine. 
And usually a grade nine would not come to see um, me because they would send to the pastor, to me, the, usually the tougher cases, and I would be able to, to give counsel. And so this grade nine came, and I'm like, why is a grade nine person here? And I found out that he, he, um, his school is not going to let him back in, and they're going to force him to go to another school. And this is his last year, because they go from grade seven to nine in one school, then you change schools from grade 10 to 12. So it didn't make any sense at the school, you're in grade nine in the middle of the year, that they're going to tell you not to come back. What have you done? Who are you? And so I'm talking to this young man and, and, and find out, you know, he's, he's really been in fight with the police and all of this. And I'm like, okay. And then I ask a question, usually as I transition to get into spiritual things, I'd ask, you know, are you attending a church. Do you have a home church? Usually I go there and then I go into the gospel and go into the real, the spiritual needs, etc. And so I asked the question about, do you have a home church? And he said, yes, I do. And it, it kind of surprised me. This is, what's your home church? And he gave me the name. I'm like, do you actually go? And he says, yes, I always go. I said, do you know and I call the person's name? And if I call that person's name, you even hear me know him because this is one of the best youth groups, one of the, one, of, one of the best youth workers in the country, in the land. I'm like, what in the world? And he called the name. And I said, and I, and I switched at that time. I said, what are you doing here? Why are you here? You know truth. I did just like that to him. You know truth. You know the gospel. You know the word of God. You know right from wrong. You know truth. And, then, and just um, a few weeks ago, another gentleman came to me. This was a grade, 11, grade 12 student. And grade 12, you're getting ready to graduate. And they're sending him to me. And he had a court case coming up. And he was in, the, in front of the court. He may not even be able to graduate because of court. And, and so he's coming to see me. And I go to the same question, do you have a church? And he called the name of one of our, our strong local churches. And uh, do you even go? Yes. And he called, I'm like, you know truth. You know truth. What's going on? I feel a little bit with, with Jude this morning. Jude, in, in this book, I want you to kind of see his heart as he comes in, and we're going to go through, through, um, through a few things in here, and then we're going to hopefully understand a little bit about this earnestly contending Jude says in verse 3, turn with me there back to verse 3 in Jude. says, verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. He starts off his letter and he says, you know, when I, when I came here to write a book to you, I wanted to write of the common salvation. Boy, I tell you, I was all excited. I gave all diligence to write unto you about this, the, the foundation of our faith. It's almost like me saying, oh boy, boy, I wanted to come to Pensacola. And boy, if I could tell you about the package of your salvation so you could understand all that you have now that you are saved. When you understand if God be for us, who can be against us? When you understand that you have God, the Holy Spirit, living in you when you understand the package of your salvation. Boy, let me come and let me tell you about this common salvation. He says, I, I want all diligence to write unto you of this common salvation. Then he goes and says, it 
was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you. Something switched in me. He said, the common salvation is so important, and I would love to share about that. But there is something that's overwhelming me right now, says Jude, that I, I feel needful that I have to write this unto you and exhort you and encourage you. What was this that took Jude's heart away? This is what he said, that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He says, I, this is the message that burdens my heart. Jude says, I want you, and, and the word, it, it, it's one word, earnestly contend, but it's a compound word. So he didn't just say, I desire for you to to contend for the faith. Oh no, he says, I want you to earnestly contend. So what is the, he almost, this, this prefix gives it passion. In other words, contend, fight, strive, fight with passion. Fight with some kind of oomph. It's, it's more of a, a action prefix than what kind of word goes before it. It says, I want you to fight with mm. That's really what it is. I want you to fight with mm. Don't just go, ah, 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 okay, all right, yeah, okay. Oh, you stick me, oh, my bad, no. He says, I want you to earnestly contend for this faith. Why? Because they're Men who have crept in unawares. And so what is this? What is this contend? Right now, I want you to understand that this is not the, the pride of being contentious, controversial, or conflict-seeking. That's not what we're asking, students. We're asking for you not to go from the point of pride and have something to prove out there. That's not when he says contend. He is dealing with, I need you to be so sober that you're willing to fight for, and what is it fighting for? The faith that was once delivered unto the saints. For what? The, the faith. In other words, the unadulterated, uncompromising word of God, the truth that you've received. You students, you have come here, some of you, as, as freshmen, you've come here, those of you who are freshmen, coming home for Christmas, you have received of the Lord these, these last few months. God has poured into you. There's students here, you, maybe this year, you have grown spiritually. There, the, the Lord is working his word in your heart, and it is beginning to take root. You're beginning to understand his truth. You begin to have a personal walk with the Lord. He's becoming alive in your heart. What I'm trying to say is earnestly fight for the truth that's been started in your heart. Earnestly fight for it. Why? Because we are in a battle, and the battle is real. There is an enemy that wants to destroy you, wants to destroy the truth, and that which God has already started working in your heart this year, this semester. Those of you who spent a number of years here, earnestly contend 
for the faith, for the truth that was delivered unto you. See, you are being targeted, and the enemy is waiting for the moment to attack. He's going to wanting you to get away from those rules, get away from the protection of the rules that fans, get away from the friends that are able to encourage you, and the word that you receive weekly that cleanses you, and he wants to get you away. And the Bible says there are certain men who crept in unawares, which talks about these, they, they, are, they are creeping in. The enemy is crafty. And he says, Turning the grace of God, verse 4, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord. So what is happening is there's people who come into the church taking the grace of God and making it a license for sin. And this is what you'll begin to hear, going home and hearing things like, well, God understands. Well, I was in church. That was a lot of church. So God understands. Defend the faith of your heart. Get, get ready. You're getting ready to go home. You've heard, many of you, God has worked this semester. Earnestly defend. Why? Because it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. For our own sake. For Christ's sake. And for the love of God the Father. So how do you? And so I'm going to spend, actually, this chaplain next really talking about how, therefore, okay, preach, okay, pastor. My, my kids at home say pastor see. Okay, pastor see, I get you. Earnestly contend for this faith. Those are pretty words. When I get home, so, so what do I do? Oh, earnestly contend. Oh, how do I do that? What can I just? Let's find out. Now, I would love to go through Jude, but I'm going to pull out just a concept and a thought, and we're going to follow this thought through Scripture, and I pray that it'll be a help to you. The thought is found in Jude chapter 11. I mean, chapter, Jude verse 11, verse 11. So if, that many years ago, I, I started Pensacola, I shouldn't even say this, I started Pensacola, I came as a freshman in 1989, so that was a while ago. <laughs> and so, so I, when I was here, I actually, we took Taekwondo class, I'm pretty sure y'all don't have Taekwondo, that was a long time ago, I think they stopped Taekwondo when I was even a college student, but that was a long time ago, and so, don't ask me now, but we do, all of them stuff. I, I ended up being a brown belt. Ask me what to do now. Mm -mm, I know how to run. He ain't catching me. <laughs> you, you come after me. You need to know how to beat me running because I could run. And so, so uh, but with this contending, the first rule is you have to learn how to defend yourself. Don't miss this. Because we could talk all, all, all of us. Oh, go home and fight for Jesus. You better know how to defend yourself. You need to know how to defend your heart from the arrows of the enemy. And so there are two things we're going to look at this morning. One is upward block and downward block. I did that right? Ooh, look at me, look at me, look at me now. <laughs> okay, that was my, my moment. All right, upward block, downward block. All right, upward block... 
protects your heart, downward block protects your feet. You have to learn to defend. He gives us an example, and we're going to follow this example through, and then hopefully it'll be a help. In verse 11, it says, Woe unto them. He's talking about these people who kept in unawares, these false teachers, these, these apostates who come in and trying to, to plant seeds amongst the church and amongst God's people. And they can poison a youth group. They can poison a spirit on a campus. They can poison a church in its direction. And he says, you need to be aware. Be aware. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, ran greedily after the era of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of court. We're going to look at the middle one, and that's all you'll have time for. It says... Ran, ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. This man, Balaam, this man, Balaam, whenever he shows up in Scripture, it puzzles me. He's a puzzle to me, and he's always been. I heard Brother Dave last night, and he talked about the Balaam, and says we all know about Balaam because he was talking to a donkey. Yes, that's what we know about Balaam. But when Balaam shows up in the New Testament, he's always given as a warning. So we as God's people need to study Balaam to see what is it that God is warning us about. The first one here is beware of the error of Balaam. There's an error of Balaam, and in this error, the Balaam's error is how he handled temptation. The Bible says in this passage, it says, he ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. And so this is a running greedily, a direction of the heart. Listen to this statement because it is true. Your heart will always direct your feet. Your heart will always direct your feet. I get this question all the time. You know, these church members go, oh, this person, he was in Christian college all that time, and now look at him. Look at what he's doing. And listen, the answer is simple. Where your feet is pointing... It's where your heart is leading and where you'll eventually end up. I'm not asking where you are positioned. You may be positioned in a good Christian college, but there are a lot of students positioned in a good Christian college already planning for what they're going to do when they get home. When, when, they, when I get away from this and all of these people, all these rules, and then I will... List, 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 list. I'm already telling you where your feet is pointing is where your heart is leaning and where you will eventually end up. So you need to guard. This is the era of Balaam, understanding temptation. He says um, it was for reward. This is a lust of the heart that traps you. Balaam's was the reward, the material, the things. Like there may be someone with that reward and you may not end up back at Pensacola because you may leave here and get trapped up in the world of things and money and making money. And making money is going to take you off track of the greater thing that God is doing in your life and keeping you on track for him because of the lust for things. 
Understand what I'm saying? You are not earnestly contending for the truth that is planted in your heart and open yourself up to be attracted by that lust. And so let's, let's kind of look. So we're going to go over, put a, just a finger in Jude, but um, Numbers chapter 22. Now I'm going to be moving through Numbers, so you, you put on your seatbelts with me, okay? Because we got some place to go, some ground to cover. All right, so we are in the book of Numbers. Now this is where we are introduced to Balaam. Now, Balaam, again, blows my mind, I have to say. I'll be the first to say, I don't get it all. I know there are a lot of preachers who come and they feel like they understand this boy. I tell you, I don't understand Balaam fully, but I can tell you what the Bible says. So, verse 1 says, the children of Israel were coming towards Moab. So, they are, they are defeating they're getting ready to enter the promised land, and God is giving them victory. When Moab hears it, the king gets scared. Now, it's in Numbers 22. Let me tell you the story. The king gets afraid, the king of Moab. His name is Balak. Balak gets afraid. He says, oh, goodness, these people coming, they're going to do to us what we've seen them do to other nations. And so he, he made an alliance with Midian. And he says, hey, listen, we got we to do something because these, these people of God are coming through the land. We are seeing Israel had a reputation at that time. Oh, may the, may the young people of Pensacola Christian College have a reputation. Boy, these PCC students are coming. You better be afraid because they have the power of the Lord on them. And when they start praying, things start happening. You know what I mean? So, so here, the, the, Israel had this reputation. And so they were coming. And so this is what King Balak did. He says, let's say, I know a man named Balaam. What he's prophesied comes true. If he curses it, it's cursed. If he blesses it, it's blessed. Who is this guy? And so he sent messengers to Balaam. And let's pick it up. Because this is not the interesting thing. I understand, Balak. Yes. I understand you, you are the world. You need to think like the world. What he didn't know was God had already protected Moab by, by, by a declaration says, Israel, do, don't touch them. Moab is, is part of Lot. That's going to be for them. So he didn't know that, but that's not right. He doesn't read the Bible. And so the king sent to Balaam. Balaam. This is what the Bible says. These men came, verse 7, and the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand and came to Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto him, Large hair, this is Balaam, Large hair this night, and I will bring unto you again as the Lord shall speak unto me. He uses the word Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is the covenant name of God. God's covenant name? How does he know the covenant name of God? Who is this guy? So, okay, all right. He said, very smart. He says, I can't do anything until I go to God, to the Lord. Then it goes on. It says, and the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. Verse 9 even throws me more. Verse 9 says, and God came unto Balaam. Who are you, Balaam? He says, I have to go to the Lord, the covenant name of God, so I know it's Jehovah God. And then God shows up, and God starts the conversation. 
God says, what men are these with thee? And Balak said unto God, and Balak said unto God, Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, has sent men unto me. Behold, there's a people come out of Egypt which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse them, peradventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. This king wants me to curse this group of people. I don't even know who they are. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Full stop. Okay. So far, I like this. All right. Next words. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. Okay, all right. This is where the error of Balaam begins. Follow your heart, follow the heart, follow the heart. Because where the heart is pointed. So what he says here is, you know what, God? God, um, God doesn't want me to go. You know, it's like when you want to go out with your friends, you ask mom, mom or dad says, no, you can't go, and you go back to your friends. I really, really, really would like to go with you, but mommy says, dad says, no. So what he did is he blamed God for not getting what he wanted. Watch your heart, watch your heart. And then, so they go, they go. And Balaam rose up in the morning, and said unto them, um, oh, verse 14, sorry. And the princes of Moab rose and they went. And so they go to Balak. And Balak says, oh, I'm not taking this. I'm not taking this. I'm a real businessman. Go back to them and tell him, write the check. Whatever you want. You write the check. The money wasn't enough. Write the check. Now, I do not know if you've ever been in that situation. If you got need and someone says, hey, write the check, and all you have to do is this, look at, look at Balaam. <laughs> I'm going to jump down. And he says, he says, more honorable man, and I will promote you to very honor. And Balaam says, verse 18, and Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, these are the second group who came, and he says, if Balak would give me his house full of silver, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord to do less or do more. Wonderful. I can't go against what God says. But let me go back to him and see if he changes his mind. What? But he says, now therefore I pray thee, tarry here this night that I may know what more the Lord has to say to me. Interesting what the next verse says. Listen! And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto you, thou shalt, thou shalt do. So, oh my, God didn't even give him. He says, if the men are here again, you can go. And he went, but the next verse Verse 22 will tell us, he went, saddled the donkey, and the anger of the Lord was kindled. Why was God upset? God gave him permission. See, this has been a matter of the heart, the error of Balaam. Don't forget this, because the error of Balaam is when a lust in our hearts replaces the love for our Lord. The error of Balaam. 
See, God doesn't have slaves that he's going to hit over the head to follow him. He has those who serve him out of choice. And he had to give Balaam the choice. And when Balaam chose, the direction of his heart came out. The era of Balaam. Beware of the era of Balaam. Upward block, guard your heart. We'll learn tomorrow about downward block and learning to use the sword. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.